Welcome back. This is the Slapshot Podcast, Episode 2. I'm your host, Sam Nessler, and today I am joined by myself. It is a cold, snowy day in Nashville, Tennessee, and that's pretty fitting because we're going to talk about some sweaters today. So we're going to talk NHL jerseys, we're going to talk a little bit about the new Adidas reverse retro jerseys, uh, and we're going to talk about veterans who maybe should have hung up the skates a little bit too early, and then we'll get into the West Coast California teams that just might be drifting themselves off of this country. So let's dive right in. I want to start with the reverse retros. What a great idea uh, by Adidas and the NHL and everybody involved. I mean, these turned out great for most teams, and it was just a great idea because a lot of teams were just stuck with their boring regular jerseys. Uh, a lot of teams just didn't have a lot going on with their uniforms. And there was a lot of teams that for me specifically, I just wasn't excited to see them on the ice ever. You know, their, their uniforms didn't, didn't pop. They weren't exciting. They never had a, a third Jersey or an alternate or anything else to show. And it was kind of like, Oh, hopefully they get into the winter classic or one of the outdoor games and get a new Jersey. That was pretty much the only chance. So Great move for the reverse retros. Um, they did a great job throwing them back to some cool times for a lot of these teams, uh, throwing some new, some different logos, some new colors into their schemes that that just really looks awesome. So let's dive right in. Um, we're going to talk top five, bottom five, and then some honorable mentions uh, in, that are in there as well. So let's start with the worst, um, and I hate to do it. I really hate to do it because... I love this team, but I'm going to say the worst reverse retro jersey is the Dallas Stars. They had such a cool idea. As soon as the, the ads started coming out about what they were going to use, I was so excited. Everyone was excited. They were going to go back to those 90s, 2000s uh, Stanley Cup run jerseys with the cooler logo, the different colors, and they just did not nail it whatsoever. Uh, what they came out with was basically a plain white nothing jersey. The logo itself changed colors to add more white, which makes it not show. The gold is like a light beige, um, and then there's just nothing else on it, and it just didn't turn out well. So great idea turned very poor. Uh, I will believe we'll see those on the ice in about a week here, and I they're also wearing white gloves and white pants with them, so it's just a complete white on white ice. So I'm not really sure how that's going to look, but we will see. Um, the second to worst in my mind is the Arizona Coyotes. I've been I've had some debate about this with some of my friends and some other people. I don't understand how you can look at these jerseys and think that they're cool. They look like a roller hockey jersey from the 80s. Um, the logo looks like it was pasted on by a middle schooler, and then the jersey itself has like the desert and a moon on the bottom of it. The colors are bad. It's just it's bad. Um, I think that if I wasn't a Stars fan, I probably would have put this one last, but I just wanted to make sure that the Stars one was last because I, I was so utterly disappointed in it. But the Coyotes one, just I know what they were going after. They were going after that old third jersey that they had, which is pretty cool uh, with the Coyote logo, but it just, it just didn't work in this case. So uh, Dallas and Arizona as my bottom two. Third is Anaheim. And Oh, man, was this a huge disappointment. As soon as they announced these jerseys, I think 90% of hockey fans' minds went to, what are the Ducks jerseys going to look like? Are they going to go to the Mighty Ducks? Are they going to bring back some of those amazing jerseys that they used to have that they don't have anymore? And they did. And 
I will go ahead and say first that they put the old cartoon Mighty Ducks uh, character on the front, which I love that character. I love that show. The old Disney show where the actual ducks played hockey and had superpowers was awesome. But the jersey just looks awful. It looks like the the logo looks like it should be more centered. It looks like it's it's not properly aligned. It looks like it's sketched with a pencil. There's no colors. Um, and the outside rim is like the teal color that was the Mighty Ducks, but it's also just a block of it. So it just didn't turn out how it should have been. That was a big disappointment in what they were going for into what it turned into. So the next one here, number four is Vancouver. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't know what the the plan was there because the logo looks exactly the same. I know the Canucks jerseys haven't changed a whole lot. They have they've had a couple really cool ones in the older days. They had a little bit different look, but they went for for like a a roller hockey type vibe with which other teams did as well, and it just doesn't look good. Um, I think that the biggest issue with the Canucks jerseys is that the blocks of color are just very random. Like they have a random trapezoid of green on the bottom that doesn't look like it should be there. It looks like a woman's Jersey almost, um, where the, you know, the, the shape is a little bit different as well. So I just don't think they nailed that one at all. Uh, I think they could have gone a lot of different ways. They have an awesome Jersey with the, the one with the hockey stick across the front. Um, those are really cool. I know that it's a retro, so that really wouldn't have worked, but I feel like they had a lot more options to go than they did. And I just really think that it's a, a poor Jersey. So that's number four. Number five of the worst jerseys is the Nashville Predators. And I will preface this by saying I have never liked the Predators jerseys. I think that color yellow is just awful. It is awful. It's like when the Steelers wear those Bumblebee uniforms and you just you don't want to look away because it's like this is so bad. But also you don't want to look at it and you definitely don't want to buy it or ever wear it to a game. So I don't know if they've worn them yet. I haven't seen them. Uh, but I do not look forward to seeing them as they just, that yellow color is just, it's disgusting. And they have that, that like silver that they used to have back in the day, which also looked horrible. It looked like you were wearing like a thick sweatshirt. So just very poor. And I know they didn't have a lot to work with. That's their color. <laughs> Maybe they'll change their color soon and get rid of that yellow. Cause I think it's just terrible. I think the only cool thing about the yellow is that it's so obvious and so, so up up front that when the fans all wear yellow in their stadium, it looks kind of cool because it's all one color, but I just don't think it's worth that. <laughs> I really don't. So let's go into the top five. Let's get away from the negativity here. Let's talk top five. I'm going to go from number five to number one on this one. So number five um, for me is the Buffalo Sabres. And I think the Sabres have awesome designs in all of their uniforms uh, the only thing I don't like about this retro is the fact that it says Buffalo on the bottom. Uh, I think that that could have gotten not been there. But the sword's going across in the middle. It's very clean. The colors are very clean. The yellow with the blue clashes on the, or uh, fits on the sleeve. And I think that logo is just one of the cleanest ones of all the uniforms. It's just right up front, very cool, very centered. And their colors, it's easy to work with because they have very cool colors. Um, so maybe Nashville can take a a note out of their book because they have yellow and they do a great job with it. So, uh, but the Buffalo Sabres, number five, number four for me is going to be the Colorado avalanche. 
They have the old Nordiques logo on the front. Um, very simple. The colors are awesome. Their colors are, have always been one of the coolest. I don't know if they're going to wear those new light blue helmets when they wear these uniforms, but I hope they do because those are awesome. And just a very cool logo. One of those logos that NHL fans still wear hats with that logo on it um, and and things like that. So it was, it was obvious that was going to be the way they went with it, and they nailed it. So number three, the Edmonton Oilers. This one is... It's a little different because they went pretty much the same as their jerseys now. I know the Oilers logo has been one of the most unchanged in uh, in the NHL. But the, the good thing about that is their jerseys now are awesome. So all they did is add a couple more stripes to their uniforms and a little bit different color ways or strategy with their logo. But it looks awesome. It looks clean. Love the stripes. Love how they look. I think the numbers are a little bit bigger as well, and I love how that looks as well. So Buffalo, Colorado, and Edmonton are my are my five, four, and three. Top two here of the reverse retros. This one seems pretty obvious. I almost wanted to have it as number one, but just like I said with the Nordiques logo, one of the most just noticeable and prominent logos for NHL fans is the Hartford Whalers. And the Carolina Hurricanes nailed it with this jersey they went back 100 percent. they didn't they didn't stick with any of the carolina stuff they went back to the whalers uniforms whalers colors the green and blue they have the whale logo on the front they have the the cool throwback colors on the sleeve and i just think this was awesome and it, it was a risk to go gray because they could have gone with a white or uh or green or blue or any of those colors that that were a little less risky the gray is a very high risk because it can look bad if you have a gray jersey that is not done right but it is done perfectly Uh, i don't i think they've worn them on the ice but they they did a great job with the with the design and i think the gray is the perfect amount uh, of gray to to fit this jersey so carolina number two and then number one minnesota wild I was so disappointed that the Minnesota Wild held on to the North Stars' rights um, as instead of the Dallas Stars. I wish that the Dallas Stars had them because the Stars having the jersey with the North Stars' colors would have been so cool. But the Minnesota Wild did an incredible job. They kept their logo on the front instead of going all the way back to the North Stars, which was probably a good idea since that wasn't actually their team, the North Stars. So... The, the move was to go back to the, the colors. It looks basically just like the old jersey. It's got the green on the shoulders. It's got the green and yellow colors on the, on the sleeves and on the bottom. And then the logo is the Minnesota Wild current logo, but it's in the North Stars colors. And it just looks so clean. Those colors are awesome. Uh, I think that a team should wear those more often. But that's my top five. Minnesota, number one. Like I said, it was a pretty easy choice with the North Stars colors. I think that would have been the coolest for the Dallas team. But instead, Dallas went from number one to all the way at the bottom of the list. So a couple honorable mentions here as well. The Some really cool ones uh, that they're not my favorite because of their colors, but they're really cool because of the throwback that they did. L.A. went back to those purples, which they're risky but they look very cool. Devils went back to that green, which green and red sounds awful when you think about it, but it really does look pretty cool. Not as a regular jersey, but that's why these retros are only worn about three, four times a year. And the San Jose Sharks went with the gray 
old school ones um, that I can just think of, like when when Thornton and Marlowe and those guys came into the league. These are the jerseys they were wearing, and they look awesome. It's what my my brothers used to wear these hats back when we lived in NorCal, uh, the gray and the the shark logo and that teal color. So it looks cool. Again, those are those are honorable mentions only because I don't think they're they're ever able to be worn a lot because they're very they're very throwback. They're the colors they're very different, but I think they're very cool uniforms. So. There it is, reverse retros. Excited to see them all on the ice. We've seen a few so far, and I think most of them have looked great. Um, some of them have, have definitely disappointed, but I think that it was a great idea from the NHL. I wish that some teams did a little bit better job, but overall I think this is awesome, and it's, it's very cool to see more jerseys. A lot of teams are introducing third jerseys and alternate jerseys. You know, this, The Stars have a blackout jersey. It's all these things where – uh, fans want to see more jerseys they don't just want to see the same two jerseys over and over again especially if those jerseys aren't very cool so very good idea from from the league and from adidas to to introduce these now what i want to do here is go into regular home and away uniforms here so we're going to go through this a little quicker um not get into too much detail on these i just want to talk about my rankings of this because this is something that every fan debates especially younger fans they all debate it because you want to have you want your team to have cool uniforms. It just looks better. You like to watch their games more. You like to buy their jerseys and buy their shirts and things like that. And it's just a, a big thing. It's it's very important to have a cool a cool jersey and a cool uniform. So let's go through starting from thirty two all the way to number one. We're going to include the the new Seattle Kraken as well. I know they only have one jersey, but I just want to go through here and and go through my rankings. So let's start with number thirty two. The L.A. Kings. Um, the L.A. Kings jerseys, it took me a lot longer to realize that I didn't like these than I thought it would. But, man, they are just so bl- so bland. Straight up boring on the front. The sleeves just have one stripe across them. And I think I know they were going for simplistic, but it, it looks like a roller hockey jersey. And I'm going to repeat that multiple times because when you mess up with a jersey and make it too boxy or too weird shaped or the colors don't match, it can tend to look like a middle school roller hockey jersey. And that's what the Kings looks like. Number 31, Anaheim Ducks. Man, talk about going from number one to the bottom of the barrel. The Ducks had the Mighty Ducks uniforms, and I know they couldn't use them anymore, but what was the plan going to these ugly orange, black, and yellow or gold color combinations? I mean, they have one third jersey that has the Mighty Ducks logo, and that is awesome. But their regular jerseys are just very, very boring. I don't like the patches on the shoulders. I don't like the logo, and I just don't like the look of the the uniforms entirely. Another one that surprised me that took longer is number thirty, the Washington Capitals. This one's very straightforward, just like LA. Looks almost like LA completely, but a red jersey. The logo is nothing special. The colors are kind of off. Very, very boring. Nothing special on the jersey. Number 29, New Jersey Devils. Same Washington. They kind of just went with a, a general color scheme. But it almost the shoulder patches almost make it look like it's an old jersey, like, like you borrowed it from a friend for before a, a pickup beer league game on a Saturday night. It just looks it just doesn't look clean. The the uh, stripes on the on the sleeves don't look clean, and the logo itself just isn't isn't anything special. Number 28, Nashville Predators. Knew this one was coming. The yellow, it's awful. 
The yellow is, is disgusting. They have some different color yellow a little bit less because they're probably catching on. That color is just is terrible. And their, their logo is kind of cool. I wish they had a different color scheme because the logo is kind of cool itself. I think it could be really cool if they maybe switched it to, to darker colors, you know, or some more black in there or some focus more on the blue than they did on the yellow. But overall, just not a big fan of it. Number 27, Columbus Blue Jackets. If you look at the two jerseys next to each other of Columbus, Washington, and actually L.A. as well, they all look the same. They have the same stripe that goes all the way down the side. They have the same logo that's kind of boring, and they have that same little uh, color on the back that just makes it look bad. It just looks bad. And the Blue Jackets uh, logo has never been good. They, when they came out as a team, their logo just didn't catch anyone's eyes. Their colors are, are pretty cool with the red, white, and blue, so I think they could do a whole lot better job with that. Number 26, New York Islanders. This one, the Islanders seem to be catching on as well, that their uniforms aren't very cool and thrown in some new looks. But overall, the Islanders logo is just terrible. It just it looks just like the Capitals logo with the hockey stick going through it, but it's a big circle in the middle. Like It almost looks like it's stamped on, um, you know, like I said before, like by, by an amateur who just screen prints t-shirts and sells them at spring break it just doesn't look good um i think the only cool part about it is the the orange and white stripe on the bottom but overall just not a clean look number 25 winnipeg jets another one that actually looks very similar to, to the islanders where it has the stripes on the sleeve though itself again i feel like there's so many cool logos and i know i can speak uh, I, it's easier to say it than it is to design it but i feel like the jets logo could be so part of it is but they just went with another boring circle in the middle and a, a logo right in the middle of that and it just doesn't doesn't pop out and their color scheme is kind of rough with the silver and the blue at the same time and they they kind of wanted to get some of that red in there for for Canada but it just it just didn't turn out well so Winnipeg is is sitting at number 25 number 24 and I say this Ottawa Senators I say this with with an asterisk because they also have some of the coolest jerseys in their thirds and their, I believe their outdoor games or whatever else they played where they have multiple jerseys. They have an awesome logo when they use that O jersey, but their general jersey is so bland. And that logo is, is kind of hard to work with because it's huge. I mean, it goes across like half their jersey, but overall they just didn't add any colors to their, their general home in a ways. And they just look very straightforward, boring and, I wish they just would say, let's just go with this O and make it our, our logo because it seems to be the only one that people like. Number 23, the Philadelphia Flyers. Another team, a lot of these uh, Northeast seem to be going with the more bland uh, look of their of their uniforms. Maybe it's because the Northeast is kind of bland. Uh, don't, don't judge me too much. I'm from New Jersey, so I'm allowed to say that. Um, but the Philadelphia Flyers jerseys just... The orange, again, is kind of like the yellow where it kind of almost rubs you the wrong way a little bit when you look at it. But overall, their logo is pretty cool, but the color scheme around the jersey just didn't work out for them. So 23 for them. Number 22, Calgary Flames. Again, actually very similar to the Philadelphia Flyers where that color, it's really tough to use a, a bright color as your uniform. And I think a couple teams did it really well, and we'll get to those towards the uh, the top of the list here. But the Flames, I don't think did. I think that red and yellow combo looks, again, just like a, a pickup team um, or one of those jerseys that you get, 
you know, for a, a minor league team that doesn't have the money for it or something. So the logo is pretty cool, but the color scheme just doesn't work at all. Number 21, St. Louis Blues. I like their logo. I think it's cool. Very clever uh, way to do it with the music note. But overall, the yellow and blue combo just doesn't doesn't sit well with me. Uh, I think if they made it a little less, a little less of black, yellow, and white and blue all put together, they tried too many colors. I think if it was a little more white and blue, or a little blue with a little yellow in there, or something a little bit less, I think they tried way too hard, and there's too much going on in that jersey. Number 20, the Vegas Golden Knights. This probably would have been lower on my list if it wasn't a new team. So it was kind of exciting because the, the logo is great. I think the logo is super cool. And I love what they do with the with all the knights and all the cool stuff they have before games and everything. But I really hate the sleeves on this jersey. I think that it looks like felt on the gold and red part of their sleeves. And the gray, I think, I honestly, I don't know why there's red in their uniforms. I I know that that's, there's probably something specific to Vegas that, that they wanted to add that color to. But if you took that red off the jersey, I think it's awesome. Make that gold a little less felt-looking and a little more normal. I think that jersey would be very cool. So a lot of potential there. Number 19, San Jose Sharks. I preferred the old Sharks jerseys so much more than these. They went to the teal and... They also just removed everything. Like if you look at the Sharks jersey, it's just a logo and a tiny stripe on their sleeves. That's it. Nothing else on it. I think they might have some shoulder patches on some of their jerseys. But the front looks so open. It looks like there should be something else there, and there's not. It's just very, very boring, uh, very plain, and that teal just is another one of those colors that's it's tough to look at. Number 18, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Tampa Bay's jerseys are are a very cool color. I love blue and white. It's always been one of my favorite combinations. Um, but again, they did a similar thing with the Sharks. They just don't have enough going on. They maybe add some silver into the outline of the logo or on the shoulders. Um, but overall, it just looks like there should be more on that jersey. But blue and white, I love the colors. Number 17, Carolina Hurricanes. Hurricanes, awesome logo. One of my favorites. think it's very, very unique. Um... And their color scheme is very cool. They have some of those kind of funny-looking boxes in the inside of the stripes of their jerseys, which is very cool. Uh, and I think the color scheme works really well with them with that red. Uh, I think they add more black, which is why the red doesn't pop as much as Washington in a good way. And so I like their jerseys. I like their, their logos, and they work well for them. Number 16, Detroit Red Wings. This one, again, would probably be another one that's a little lower if it wasn't such a classic look. You know, the Detroit Red Wings, the, the original six teams just have very classic looks, and I like them. I think the Red Wings logo is cool. They could probably do a little bit more, but because it's the original six team, they're super hesitant to add anything to their uniforms, which I think is a good idea. I think if they did they and messed it up, it would be very bad, and it would be uh, something that got picked on a lot. So I like their uniforms. think they're very basic. Number 15, the Arizona Coyotes. This is one where looking at the jersey in a picture, I wouldn't think that I would like it, but I love these on the ice. I don't know why, but seeing Clayton Keller and Phil Kessel skate around with these uniforms, I think they look awesome. I think that logo pops, just pops out in the middle of it, and their color scheme is really cool. I know their names look really cool on the back as well. So Coyotes did a great job. Uh, They didn't used to do a great job. They had some poor uniforms in the past back in Phoenix, but I think these jerseys are very cool for them. 
number 14, another original six, Montreal Canadiens. Such a classic look, uh, a, a logo that so many teams use for their rec leagues and their their men's leagues. And this is one of those logos that you want to get a hat, even if you're not a Montreal fan. It's just a super cool logo. The, the colors are awesome, very basic, but the stripe across the middle of the logo makes it look very, very cool. Keeps it kind of looking like it's a retro, like it's back in the day when they won so many Stanley Cups, but it also doesn't look too old. So I think that's a great combination for the Canadians. Number 13, Boston Bruins. Another simple look, very cool. The thing Boston, I think that above a lot of the other teams is that they added the three stripes on the sleeves and the bottom. So they, instead of just having the one, which to me can look pretty bland, they have three. They have yellow, white, yellow in on the bottom and on the sleeves as well. So I think that really pops with the shoulder, the yellow shoulder patches and makes that classic Boston look very, very cool. Number 12, New York Rangers. Man, we're just, we're just sticking in with all the older teams here. New York Rangers, I really, really like Rangers colors. Um, and I think that they look a lot nicer than they do in a picture. But I love that the Rangers are one of the unique teams because their logo is across the front in writing instead of a logo. Um, I think they're the only team looking around now that has that. I know that Pittsburgh has it on their retros and some other teams have it on their other jerseys. But as their main jersey, the Rangers might be the only team that has a word across the uh, all the diagonal across the front and not a logo. They have no logo, just says Rangers across the front, which I think is so cool. Um, again, the colors are really cool. The stripes, the red, white, and blue just really, really looks fresh on the ice. And I like those uniforms a lot. Number 11, number 10, Dallas stars. So <laughs> this one is one that I have been waiting to, to say for the stars for so long. I just think that it was after the North Stars, they came, and their jerseys were awesome. They had those those classic looks. And then I forget what year it was, maybe 2000, 2007, 2008, they went to these all black and all white uniforms. And I, one of them just said Dallas across the front, and it was bad. Um, the logo, they also went with the, the famous logo uh, that looked like the female reproductive system. And that was also a failure, that jersey. But their main jerseys had just, they weren't amazing. And they, the Stars were, had some really cool colors and could do a lot with it. And then they shocked the world in around that time when they came out with a completely new color, the Victory Green, which was kind of a combination of the old jerseys with, in Minnesota and then the new color. It kind of blended that green, and they just look awesome on the ice uh they they kept it very simple just a couple stripes on the sleeves and the bottom and a logo in the middle but i really really like how that green looks i think it pops i think it is like the the detroit where you know when you when there's fans in the stands of the other team uh chicago as well as another one of those teams where you go to a game against that team and you're like oh there's a lot of green in here and i love that i think that's something that a team should have um, and i think the stars did a great job with that uniform number nine edmonton oilers Edmonton Oilers did a great job, like I said, with their retros uh, that look very similar to their real jerseys. Great job with the stripes. Uh, I think the triple stripes that they have on all of their uniforms look really, really clean. It's really easy to do a good job with this logo because it's very cool. It looks very good on the jerseys. Um, and I think their orange just pops a little bit less than the, the Flyers does, which makes it 
um, a little bit better of a uniform. But overall, I think the stripes really do it for this team. If you look at any of their jerseys, they have that triple stripe, if not more, on the sleeve and bottom, and I think it really makes it stand out. Number eight, the aforementioned Chicago Blackhawks. This is going to be a topic that will not probably be talked about for very long because every team is changing their names. Um, Blackhawks, Indians, uh, Redskins, all these teams are changing their names. So I think the Blackhawks are going to be next up and will be not be the Blackhawks for very long, which is unfortunate because it's such a cool logo. Uh, the colors are very cool. It's a classic original six team. But currently, their jerseys look great. They have, like I said, one of the best logos in the league, so I think that they can do anything with those jerseys. Number seven is the Colorado Avalanche. I think the Avalanche jerseys have been amazing since day one. I think their colors are really cool. Uh, they just added those light blue helmets this year, which makes their, their uniforms look even better. And their logo is just amazing. And I think for me especially, that's the 90s, the Avalanche, where the, you know, the Avalanche stars uh, and Red Wings were just, that was the 90s. So you see that, that logo, it reminds you of those old rivalries, and it really just excites me. Number six, Minnesota Wild. I did not like the Minnesota Wild uniforms when they first came into the league, um, and I really like them now. The way they added the logo onto a stripe, a big block stripe across the front, just makes it look way, way cooler than it did before. And I think that logo has been, always been really cool. Like I said, with their reverse retro, the logo looks awesome. The color scheme is cool with the green, uh, the darker green. The only team that has that in the league. And I think that logo just pops. And I think adding that little like beige color to the, to the middle underneath the logo makes that uniform look very cool. Number five, Seattle Kraken. Oh, man, am I excited to see what they come out with with their uniforms. I think that they came out with their logo and showed it. And people were kind of like, eh, I'm not really sure how that looks. But then they put it on a jersey, and it, I love it. I think it looks awesome. I think that the the potential for the uniforms they can come out with is unlimited. I think that that logo with the eye coming out of it could be so many cool things, could be so many cool logos and designs and jerseys. So Seattle Kraken might be a little high since we haven't even seen it on the ice yet, but I think there's a lot of potential there. Number four, kind of a surprising one, the Florida Panthers. This is another one, uh, very similar to Minnesota, actually, where they added that bar across the front. Uh, they changed their logo as well. They had that that older logo, which I think is cool. You know, reminds you of the Pablo Bure days. But the new logo pops with that bar across the front. So they're reds and whites. They have the opposite color underneath that logo, and the stripe goes into the sleeve, where it almost looks like it's one stripe all the way across. And I think that pops a lot. The logo itself really isn't that cool. But the, the shape of the logo, as well as the, the bar underneath it, looks very, very fresh. All right, we are into the top three here. So, number three, Pittsburgh Penguins. These colors for the Penguins are, are just like the Predators, but man, look at the difference of the uniforms. The Penguins put the perfect amount of yellow into there, and the Predators did not. The, the Penguins have the one of the coolest logos by far with the Penguin playing hockey. I think it's so awesome. Another one of those that you see all over the place for fans that aren't even Penguins fans wearing the hats and the jerseys. And I think the way they did their stripes on the sleeves and bottom just make this jersey look like, overall like it's perfectly made. It looks like they designed it to be exactly how it is, laid out 
perfectly instead of other teams where it looks like they designed one part and then filled in the blanks with the rest. This one looks like a co cohesive jersey all the way from top to bottom. I love it. Number two, Vancouver Canucks. This is the 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 one that has the the very cool third jerseys, and they've had some other jerseys that look great in the past. But this new look that they have with Adidas is very cool. I think that the logo itself was perfectly sized, which was an issue in the past for them. And having the Vancouver across the top actually looks good. It kind of looks like it could mess it up without the logo or without the Vancouver over the top of the logo, but it actually makes it look better. And I didn't really notice this until last year's playoffs when I was watching them play and, and seeing Quinn Hughes in that jersey, and I think it just looks very cool. So number two, Vancouver Canucks. Number one, and this wasn't even close, Buffalo Sabres. Man, if you look at the Sabres uniforms, they are all amazing. And I think they've actually switched to that gold color as their main jerseys now um, instead of the the yellow that they had originally but even the yellow ones look awesome the blue with the yellow stripes looks amazing now they have the the light blue with the gold which is so cool the the whites with the gold and blue on them are amazing that logo with the swords is is top notch and I think this was by far the coolest uniforms and they seem to change a little bit every year for so Keep doing what you're doing, Buffalo. I love watching their games just to see what their uniforms on the ice. So there you have it. There is the list, 1 to 32. Hopefully some of the people on the bottom of the list can make some adjustments and uh, make their uniforms look a little bit more exciting on the ice for their fans in the future. But that is my list. So what we're going to talk about now is some real hockey here. So let's jump in. I, I love to talk about veterans in the league because veterans – can make such a big name for themselves. And there's always the mix of veterans in the league when sometimes they're not as productive, but they're such a key part to a Stanley Cup run. Or sometimes they're right in their prime. You know, a Joe Pavelski, who is a veteran, who's been in the league for a long time, but he's still leading the team in scoring. So there's kind of a mix of them. And then there's the ones that are on the way outside, the veterans that don't hang them up in time. Oh, man, this bugs me a lot because some of these veterans almost ruin their name by coming back or by staying too long. And, you know, you still remember them as great players, but you also, there's this little, oh yeah, remember he was amazing on this team. And then he came back and he was just not good. And there's a little, there's a little bit of a, of an asterisk. There's a little bit of it instead of just, he was amazing period. That's it. He, he retired at the right time. He was great. The end of story. So, Let's talk about a few specific names here that probably should have hung up their their skates a little bit earlier than they did. I'm going to start off with my man, my favorite player of all time, Mike Madano. Best player in Dallas Stars franchise history. Holds almost every record in that franchise uh, starting in Minnesota. He was unbelievable. Fastest player on the ice. Greatest American-born player. Uh, towards the end, he, he passed points and goals for the most amount for any player born in America. He, like I said, owns every almost every scoring record for that franchise. Won the Stanley Cup with Dallas in 99, almost won it again in 2000. Gets to the end of his, his career, and I think it was 2012-ish. Um, I forget exactly what year it was, but he got to 
what was supposed to be his last game in Dallas. And fans knew that he was most likely going to retire because he had not been as productive the last couple seasons and had lost his captainship to Brendan Morrow. So his final game, they're playing the Anaheim Ducks. He ties the game just after they do a memorial thank you video uh, for him on the screen. He's tearing up. He's waving at the fans. Great emotional moment. Stars down 2-1. to one. He tips a puck right at the crossbar, knocks it in with less than a minute to go to tie it against the Ducks. NHL didn't even want to review it to make sure it was a high, not a high stick because the situation was bigger than the game. I don't think either team was a playoff team, and it was just a situation where we're not going to review this because we're not going to call it back. It's Mike Bonanno, so let it go. Ties the game. Game goes to a shootout. None other than Mike Madano up to shoot. If he scores, they win the game. He rips his famous absolute wicked wrist shot off the crossbar and in. Stars win the game. Great comeback. Picture-perfect moment. I mean, if you were to say, how do I want my last game to go? Of course, you probably want it to be in the playoffs. But how do I want to play my last game? Oh, score a goal. Tie it late. Score the winning goal. Get to celebrate with my team. That's it. All the fans thought he was going to retire. Turns out Mike thought that he still had some time, went to Detroit. Very, very poor season. I think he only had about 14 points in like 57 games or something like that. Uh, just didn't look the same like everyone thought he wouldn't look the same since he didn't look the same in the end of his career in Dallas. And now every time someone thinks of Mike Bonanno, they think of the amazing American-born player. Man, he shouldn't have gone to Detroit. <laughs> That that really bums me out because he could have been one of the few few players that started and ended his career in the same franchise. Um, his jersey's retired in Dallas. He's still the greatest star to ever play, but just a little side note that I wish wasn't on his career. Peter Forsberg. Uh, man, this guy was incredible. He didn't play that long. Uh, I think he only played about 600, 700 games in the NHL, but he was incredible when he was at his peak. And... In 1995-1996 season for Colorado when they won the Cup, he had 116 points. 116 points. Incredible number. I think Kucherov just did that a couple of years ago, and it is just very, very hard to do. He also recorded 21 points in the playoffs, which is another ridiculous high. I think the highest for the, the Stars during their run this year was like 17 um, so that's a great number shows that he was absolutely an integral part of that cup run. He would also go on to win a cup in 2001 with Colorado in that, in their span where they seemed like they were in the final four or the finals every year, but post lockout, uh, Forsberg signs with Philadelphia missed over 40 games in two seasons because of his foot injuries. Went to Nashville. I think he played there for a few games. Then back to Colorado in 2008. He was actually pretty productive. However, looked like he had some injury stuff going on, nagging him. Ended up retiring after the end of that 2008 season. So everyone says, okay, he played a little longer than he should probably. He had some injuries, but a great career. Wrong. Decided, you know what I'm going to do? Three years later, probably not training as hard as I should. I'm going to come back and go to Colorado. 2011, he comes back, plays in two games, a very poor minus four rating and a very poor performance, was not himself, retired after only two games, saying that his foot injuries were the reason. Well, I know the feeling. I know you want to get back and play. I know you missed the game, but you got to know that taking three years off the league, 
at your at that age is not going to be a good idea. You're probably not going to come back with the same speed. So he gave it a shot, did not work for him. So probably should have hung it up the first time he left Colorado or maybe stayed a little bit longer and had some some time in Philadelphia as well as back to Colorado again. Uh, but that first time you hang you hang the skates up, you got to hang. Let's move on to another uh, one former Dallas star, Brett Hull. Brett Hull was one of the greatest scorers that I've ever seen um, and one of the greatest scorers in the game. He would score 50, over 50 goals almost every year, um, was an incredible player in St. Louis, scored 86 goals in 1990 season. 86 goals. I'm going to say that one more time. 86 goals because that is incredible uh, to think about a team, a guy who can put in that many pucks nowadays it's like 50 is insane you know Ovechkin hits a 50 mark and it's like wow that that's incredible what a great year 86 is just unbelievable so one of the greatest pure scorers had a great wrist shot wasn't that fast a skater so he just showed how great he was how smart he was um, where he find the place in the ice to to put the puck in the net so ended up getting traded to Dallas in 1998 Scored the game-winning goal in the Stanley Cup Final in 99. He wasn't in the crease. Let's just clear that up right now. Then gets traded to, or sorry, signs a deal with the Detroit Red Wings in 2001. So only played a couple years with Dallas. Was actually a decent player for the Red Wings for a little bit. Nothing crazy. Wasn't the 86-goal scorer, but he was a good player. Pretty productive. Signed with the Phoenix Coyotes right before the lockout season, which was 2004. The whole season gets canceled for the lockout. Brett Hull says, you know what? Almost all these players are going over to Europe and playing all season during the lockout. I'm going to sit home and not do that. And it showed, man. When he came back, he looked so old. He looked like an 80-year-old out there playing in the alumni game with the rest of these young kids in the Phoenix Coyotes. And he only played, I think it was five games. And I don't think he recorded any points. I think he was minus three. And just didn't look good and decided to, to hang up the, uh, the skates at that point. But another thing that I, this, I think this is to the fault of both the organization and Brett Hull, but they unretired Bobby Hull's number nine so that he could wear it in Phoenix. Why the Phoenix Coyotes thought that was a good idea, thinking that he was going to play for much longer, and why he let them do that, I just overall don't think that was a good idea in general. I get the whole father-son thing, but... He played five games and ended up making them unretire the jersey for five games and then retire it again. So another one that I wish he just realized a little bit earlier and the lockout was a perfect perfect reason for him not to to continue on, but he decided to come back again. Another one, Martin Brodeur, uh, a player that I never really liked. I kind of think he was the the Disney goalie of the of back in the day. He kind of flopped around a lot and really wanted you to see that he was making saves. Um, but you can't deny he was one of the best ever. He was. I think he leads the the ranks in wins. He's got three Stanley Cups. Was one of the best players on that Devils team for a very long time. Uh, after his last cup in 2003, they went on a, a drought until 2012, where they made it to the final lost to the LA Kings next year Corey Schneider comes in from Vancouver young guy going to be their future uh, if they only knew then that that was not true but was coming in as their future goalie they split time during that year and then Martin Brodeur decides that he thinks he has more left in the tank 
goes to St. Louis, plays the worst games of his career statistically, seven games in St. Louis, and then retires. So a little less intense because it was only the next season and he only played seven games. But another guy who, you know, you're getting pushed out by somebody else who's a little bit younger. You got three Stanley Cups. You've been playing for a super long time. I just wish that some players at the time realized that this is the time to do it. If I come back, I'm just going to get people thinking, oh, he doesn't really have it anymore. Um, and I know that's that's a lot easier said than done. I know the feeling of wanting to come back and play. But these guys are perfect examples of veterans who all the fans wish that they may be retired just a little bit earlier than they did or didn't make that extra comeback after they did retire. So let's hope that some of the the – best in the league now don't do that and they've learned from the past next up last topic of the day here i want to talk about california and being born in california lived in california for the last few years i am very disappointed with the teams out in california right now you had some great runs uh for those three teams the the sharks were one of the best teams in the league back in the 90s and 2000s um late 90s after they expanded in uh, 92. And the Kings had their incredible run, and they did. They won two Stanley Cups. They were a great team every year for a while. The Ducks did the same thing. They won a couple Stanley Cups back in the 2000 era, and then they just dropped off uh, in the last few years. And, you know, we had a couple times where the Ducks, the Ducks actually were in, I think they were in the Western Conference Final three or four years ago. So it's really just been the last three years. I'm just confused about it because the names that they had coming up, it almost feels like all three of the teams went through the exact same thing where they had their big names. You had the Corey Perry gets laugh. Um, and you know, Anderson was a, a really big name at the time and goal for them. Um, I think Briz Goloff was their goalie a, a few years ago. So, you had the big names in Anaheim. Then you had the Dowdy, Kopitar, Dustin Brown, uh, Jonathan Quick combo in L.A. In San Jose, you had the Pavelski, Marlowe, Joe Thornton um, veterans back in there. Eric Carlson was on that team as well. And it almost feels like the team should have – all three of them should have done a better job preparing for what inevitably was going to come, which is when all those names either had to move on because they were – you know, not productive enough and the teams had more young guys or we're going to retire. And it feels like all three of them kind of got caught off guard. Like, Oh no, we didn't know that Joe Thornton was eventually going to be too old to fit our style of play. And we're going to have to trade him or he's going to retire. Or we didn't know that, you know, we couldn't handle a Joe Pavelski contract extension at this time because of our young guys. And that's exactly what happened. Joe Pavelski was needing too much money and probably too many years for the Sharks to re-sign him, ended up in Dallas. Uh, Joe Thornton ended up with the same thing. He ended up leaving as well. Marlowe actually left a couple years ago, went to Toronto. He's back now, but all three of their big names, exactly what was going to happen, happened. And they, they were not able to pay them what they needed to, or they weren't productive enough because they were towards the end of their careers and they couldn't afford to just have a, a veteran presence on the bench. So, that happened. Getzlaff and Perry. Perry is a confusing one because he's not as old as some of these other guys, so I feel like he's, his production should be higher than it is. But power forwards have a shelf life, and and uh, he's just not the same player as he was. Getzlaff is not the same player as he was, obviously. Um, 
he's he's getting older. He's getting towards the end of his career. Their goalie situation has now improved finally with John Gibson, but uh, their players, most of their guys left, most of their veterans left, and they just didn't seem to have enough young guys that were coming in. Um, and I know there's some disappointment with their with their younger guys that you know they think uh, Raquel Raquel and uh, some of their younger guys should be scoring more goals than they are. But overall, it just doesn't feel like they were prepared enough for it. And then you go to the Kings. Dustin Brown loses his captainship to to Kopitar. Kopitar is not the same player as he was. Jonathan Quick is still one of the one of the best goalies in the league, but he's not the steal every game for you goalie that he was for them when they're when they were defending their way to two Stanley Cups. Uh, Drew Doughty still a very good defenseman, but getting very close to the end of his career. Not going to be the guy who can put together the 27-minute games consistently and play as well as he did. So overall, I'm just I'm worried about the California teams because there's it doesn't look like the the rise is any time soon. It looks like they are in the very very bottom stage of their rebuild, um, and it almost feels like a rebuild that doesn't didn't need to happen. Uh, money wise, I feel like they had they had the options to have players to keep them competitive. And instead, they went the route of let's wait till these veterans uh, get to the end of their careers, hope they have a couple really good years at the end, and then our young guys can come in. And that's just not the way to do it because then you end up in the position you're in where last year they were the bottom three of the West. This year, I believe, I don't know what they are currently, but they're they're all pretty much floating around that bottom of the barrel um, in that West division as well. And if you watch the teams play, the Ducks are John Gibson. That's their team. They win games two to one, one to nothing, or they lose a game two to nothing because they can't score. And that's going to be the way it is all season. That's just the way it is. That's the way they're built. If their guys can score a little more, a little more uh, as they're expected, they'll have a better chance. But as of right now, that's not happening. The Kings are the same way. The Kings have Jonathan Quinn, who can definitely help you backstop some wins. Drew Doughty, who, like I said, is still a veteran presence and will help you win games, but they're not scoring. Kopitar is not putting up 30 goals and, uh, you know, Dustin Brown is not even close to the same player he, he used to be. I think he's on the third or fourth line now. So they have some good young players. Adrian Kempe is a good player for them, but just not enough to win games consistently at this level right now. San Jose, uh, Patrick Marlowe's back, but not even close to the same Patrick Marlowe that he was. They've always had issues in goal, and they still do. Um, with I think Dumnik is is currently their starter, and he's he's not the same Devin Dumnik that he was. He's also towards the end of his career, and I just think that overall these teams are looking at a few years of disappointment, and that's something that doesn't feel like it needed to happen uh, overall. So hopefully the California teams can find their way back. Uh, at least they get to play each other eight times a year, so they're guaranteed some wins on the season. But overall, I think this year and a couple of years ahead are going to be tough for them. That's all we have for today. This was fun. This was great. Hopefully next week I'll be bringing in another guest. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. And I will see you every Sunday for the Slapshot Podcast. Later. Later.